Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 183. Sidewalk telling Jackal how his children were vultures, no better than hovering vultures waiting to take what little he and Lila had scraped together, and how the two of them had fled to St. Louis, to Memphis, to Miami, and how they wound up in Cairo, and how relieved he was that Lila had not died in a nursing home, how scared he was that he would. They walked the old man back into the house, up the stairs to his room, a small TV set droned from one corner of the couple's bedroom. As Shadow passed it, he noticed that the newsreader was grinning and winking at him. When he was sure that no one was looking in his direction, he gave the set the finger. They've got no money, said Jackal when they were back in the hearse. He'll come in to see Ibis tomorrow. He'll choose the cheapest funeral. Her friends will persuade him to do her right. Give her a proper send-off in the front room, I expect. But he'll grumble. Got no money. Nobody around here's got money these days. Anyway, he'll be dead in six months, a year at the outside. Snowflakes tumbled and drifted in front of the headlights. The snow was coming south. Shadow said, is he sick? It ain't that. Women survive their men. Men, men like him, don't live long when their women are gone. You'll see. He'll just start wandering. All the familiar things are going to be gone with her. He gets tired and he fades and then he gives up and then he's gone. Maybe pneumonia will take him or maybe it'll be cancer, but his heart will stop. Old age and all the fight gone out of you. Then you die. Shadow thought. Hey, Jackal? Yeah. Do you believe in the soul? It wasn't quite the question he had been going to ask, and it took him by surprise to hear it coming from his mouth. He had intended to say something less direct, but there was nothing less direct that he could say. Depends. Back in my day, we had it all set up. You line up when you die, and you answer for your evil deeds... And for your good deeds, and if your evil deeds outweighed a feather, we'd feed your soul and your heart to Amit, the eater of souls. He must have eaten a lot of people. And that's our page. Old Gentleman Goodchild continues his ranting onto this page. He compares his children to vultures, which is another bird reference, but I don't think it's part of the larger theme of birds that we'll see within the book. I did say film here on the page, so... I certainly meant book, but I'm leaving it here because it's what happens when one gets up at 5 a.m. to do podcast work. The not-so-good children. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I think I misunderstood. I wrote here that they fled to St. Louis, Memphis, and Miami. But let me go back to the book here. I think it was the two of them. We need to take what little he and Lila had scraped together and how the two of them had fled to St. Louis, to Memphis, to Miami, and how they wound up in Cairo. He's talking about him and Lila, and so my notes here are entirely worthless. Well, shit. Anyhow, I guess I can just ignore three whole paragraphs worth of notes that I took. That's pretty fantastic, but... Here we do get Mr. Goodchild talking about his children in the same way that people talk about millennials nowadays and whatever they're killing this week. If you want to know what they're killing this week, you could go listen to the M-Word podcast if you want a more up-to-date reference. I don't have any myself, even though I am a millennial. It is noted that they wound up in Cairo, so I'm curious how exactly the good childs ended up here and how they got trapped here. But this is one of those novel themes again. The old gods are trapped in America that no longer finds them useful or relevant, much like the good childs are trapped in Cairo. They're retired, so living on a fixed income, 
and moving away from Cairo is not going to be in the budget unless their children help them out. Jekyll insists that the elder Goodchild will die within six months to a year now that Lila is gone, and this is apparently a real phenomenon. It's known as the widowhood effect, where the living spouse will pass away within weeks or months of the death of their husband or wife. A Harvard study found that men were 22% more likely to die after the loss of their spouse. The article I was first pulling data from was discussing a couple who had been married for 81 years, and the woman was 97, meaning she was 16 when they got married, so nothing quite like a child bride to enhance the romance of a story. Ick. Anyhow, Shadow goes to ask Jackal something, and ends up asking him instead if he believes in the soul. This is especially funny because in ancient Egypt, Anubis was one of the gods responsible for ushering new souls into the afterlife. Newly dead souls into the afterlife, I think is what I should have written in my notes. It's also humorous because Jekyll's response is depends. He goes on to discuss the process of of the souls in the afterlife, but he knows about souls. I guess, is there some different meaning to a soul in America? Perhaps in ancient Egypt there were souls, but in America he doesn't have the same experience? Since he's not the main god who would usher souls into the afterlife, does he just not do it in America, in his American form? Is it because we're more materialistic and capitalistic than than the causes our souls? Or is it a simpler statement that the state of religions and religious worship in America? I don't know. I, about 75% of America identifies as some version of Christianity, and within that percentage, I would then wonder what what size of that wedge is true believers, and what percentage of this large wedge also believes in the soul? A scientific, heh, in heavy quotes, online poll in 2009 indicated that about 71% of the people polled believed in the concept of the soul, so it could be a pretty high percentage, but it's also hard to tell from just an online poll. The sample size was about 2,000 people, and I can't find a link to the poll, just the results, so I guess I'll just leave it there. Amet, mentioned here by Jackal, was a goddess and a demon with a body that was a hippopotamus at the back legs, a lion in the front legs, and a crocodile for the head. She occupied a part of the road to the afterlife known as the Hall of Two Truths, next to the scales which were operated by Anubis and Maat. Maat was the cap, the concept of truth, balance, order, morality, and justice in ancient Egypt, and was also a goddess who represented these ideals. She was often presented with an ostrich feather in her headband, and this is the feather that would be weighed against the heart of the dead to see if they were worthy of moving on to the afterlife, or if their heart would be consumed by Amit. Once the heart was devoured, the person's soul would wander forever, a restless spirit in what was considered a second death. Shadow states that Amit must have eaten a lot of people, and misgenders the deity in the same time. Come on, Shadow. And I would also make that assumption about the dead, but we'll have an answer from Jackal tomorrow that may surprise you. Ooh, clickbait ending. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash worldbeyondpodcast. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember... Only the gods are real.